Hey everybody, welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. We're here for another edition of War Drums. I am your host, Dan Hummer. I'm here with the face that runs the place, Eric. What's up? I'm here with the man with the plan, Clinneth. That's good. And I'm here with the ass that takes my cash, Doug. <laughs> I, don't, I, I take your Dell payments. I don't take your cash. <laughs> but hi. <laughs> How's everybody doing tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good. Well, that's good. I'm glad we're all doing great. Yeah. Uh, very exciting. <laughs> we got Raw versus Nitro, uh, the December 15th, 1997 edition. Uh, this is going to be a big one. This is our seventh war drums. Before we get into all that, we got some news. And we got Workers of the Week to unveil. All right. So first bit of news, I think, because there's been a lot of big news that has broken this week. So the first bit of big news I think we should talk about is the fact that a cancer is trying to find his way back into WWE. Who? That cancer being Vince McMahon. He's a cancer? If he comes back, if he comes back and changes things back to the way they were, he is. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's going to come back. So here's the way it was broken down. Because a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, he's going to come back. He just, because technically, like, in everybody's mind, because he's a majority shareholder and holds the majority vote, he can technically just come back, sit down in a chair and say, hey, I'm back, fucking deal with it. Yeah. And you're all screwed. Yeah. But according to other reports, even though he, if he were, if this were a private company, he can do that. But because you're publicly traded, it is the board, board decision as to whether or not he comes back. The board has to hold the vote. And also what the board is going to be thinking of right now, how our sponsor is going to feel, advertisers, uh, the network that your TV shows are on, which, by the way, USA was very happy when he stepped down. Yeah. Because the show got better. Yeah. So did ratings go up at all? Yes. There are times where they're up. There are times where they're I mean, they're at a good spot right now, but also too, and ratings, even though like people still do kind of live and die by the ratings because of like streaming services and stuff. Now ratings aren't the most important thing. Yeah. What's really important is your revenue and all that, and your, your stock, like what they really need to pay attention to right now is stock price. Yeah. And stock price went up 22% from last July. So it's at a, it's at a high right now. Yeah. So, uh, and there are people within the company that are like it's some of Vince's closest allies that are just like, fuck, we don't want him back here. Yeah. So the general consensus is, is that, it's going to take a lot of ass kissing or a lot of naked pictures mm-hmm. to get him to, or for him to convince them to let him back in. Yeah. Uh, but right now, uh, right now, 
it's looking as if like there's not a chance in hell that they'll let him come back. Now, the only the main issue is is that if the company if they do find somebody to try to buy the company, he can say no, it's mine because he is majority shareholder. Yeah. The thing is 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 he not close with Triple H anymore? Is he not close with his own daughter? Like, he could still have influence if he really wanted to. And, like, why can't he just help with creative? Like, why does he need to come back? That's what I don't understand. Why does he even want to come back? Uh, Because he didn't leave on his own terms. Ego. Yeah. Exactly. He didn't leave on his own terms. Yeah. He, he pretty much, he was told to leave. Like, even though the retirement was, quote-unquote, his decision, yeah. he was told, you need to go. Yeah. And when you're 77 years old, and this has pretty much been your life for the last 50 years. Yeah. Uh, like, and then, like, the whole kind of hush money thing. Blo- oh, it's, by the way, now there, he's got two, two other allegations against him. Yeah which apparently he thought that this was the right time to announce, oh, yeah, I've got two allegations going against me, but guess what? I'm coming back, or I want to. Where did he announce it? I, I, he didn't even – I don't – he just told people, and people then so called this isn't the, news. This is a rumor. Well, it was then reported to the Wall Street – it was reported by the Wall Street Journal. Okay. All right, so it came from the journal. Yeah. They never post bullshit. Uh, well, but so, but like, if you think about it, when you're 77 years old, like, and you really don't have another purpose and yeah, but why can't, dude, he had to pay all that money for strain for, for cheeks back then, dude, he's a multi-billionaire. Go on a beach somewhere, get as much pussy as you can get, and fucking drink margaritas and mojitos until you die. Like, what's what's not... I would be living my best life right now if I was him. Who gives a fuck about this wrestling... It's over. Like, you're rich, like, you're old. Like, how many people would fucking, like, jump into a nest of porcupines buck-ass naked to be in his position right now? Right. He's got no, no responsibilities, no... Like, it's fucking awesome. I would love that. Like, he doesn't have to do anything. He can just retire and fucking chill. Do you know what it also is, too, I think? He does not need one more dime for the rest of his life. Well, what I also think it is, too, is the fact that he can't stand, because Eric, you know, said ego. Mm -hmm. He can't stand the fact that the company is succeeding without him. Right. So succeeding is modest, though. I don't know if it's, I mean, it's not the attitude. Everybody's happy there without him. Yeah. Everybody's happy there. He goes back, the suicide rate goes up. Yeah. Uh, because nobody wants him back. Like everybody has said, it is a breath of fresh air. We are happy he's no longer here. You don't want to hear that. You want everybody to fucking smoke over the fact. Can you believe he's gone? Yeah. Exactly. We're All right. That's what he wants. Yeah. He's not getting it. Yeah. All right. And the fact that. should be spending time with the grandkids. What'd you say, Eric? He should be spending time with his grandkids. Yeah. He should be doing anything else. Go see a movie. <laughs> like, go have fun, dude. Go fucking... 
He worked his whole life. Like, to me, it's not like uh, the allegations and shit. Uh, I don't know too much, so I'm not going to speak about it. But I do know that he's retired and, like, go, go have fun now. Like, he doesn't need, like, I get that he loves everybody. And with a lot of older people, when they retire, they just want to get back in the saddle. And they just want to. But he's like a billionaire. Like, he can have some serious fun if he wanted to. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Why does he just want to be stressed and run a company until he dies? I think, I think Tom Brady would even retire. It's that wrestling mentality, though. No one ever wants to leave. I mean... I look at Ric Flair. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Ric Flair's not in the same position. Tom Brady. It's, Ric Flair's got some money, but he doesn't have Vince money. Well, no, Rick's because, got, because he's also paying it to 10X-wise. Yeah. But, I know football is different sport, but look at Tom Brady. Same thing. No, that's not the same thing. Forty-five and seventy-seven—two no. different okay. things. How you don't see no thirty-five-year-old man playing <laughs> football, knocking someone out on the football field? No. And that's being a quarterback for a different. That'd be like if Roger Goodell was still there when he's like ninety. It's like, dude, fucking, and even like he doesn't own it. He's just the commissioner. Fucking Vince owned this bitch and is so rich that he can wipe his ass with a hundred dollar bills for the rest of his life and he'd be fine. Yeah, go crash. I could like put up a nice holiday for him. Maybe I can send it to him. Doug put it. Doug has made a great point. He doesn't want any. He doesn't want it to be successful. Or dude, you're so rich. Start a new company. Fuck it. Yeah. But but yeah. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, as of. Right now, uh, they're about as interested in bringing him back as uh, Donald Trump is interested in starting a uh, business with uh, the country of Mexico. Uh, But, all right, so second piece of business, another big news item that came out. As a matter of fact, uh, Roxanne Perez is actually my worker of the week. Okay. Because she had a hell of a week. She wins the Iron the Women's Iron Survivor match Saturday at deadline. She wins the NXT title, the NXT Women's title on NXT this past Tuesday night. Poses for a tremendous photograph with uh, Shawn Michaels. Yes. Uh, but the reason why she won the title is because Miss Mandy Rose uh, has been released by the WWE. Yes. For provocative pictures and video. Yes. On uh, her website. From from her fan time website. So technically she has an OnlyFans without it being OnlyFans. Yeah. So now, Eric, oh, you were upset about this on Wednesday when you first heard it, but you have since apologized. I don't know why you apologized to me because I didn't take anything you said personally. Oh, okay. I didn't want uh, to apologize. Well, no, I mean, and we we understand that, but like, you think like you were so hard to me, like the stuff you said to me is doesn't even hold a candle to half the stuff I've said to you over the years. It's you on a good day. Yeah, it's me when I'm being nice to you. Uh, but no, I mean, yeah. So they they fired her because she's posting her ass on the internet. Yeah. So, all right, so the photos that, so I'm assuming that you guys have seen what actually got leaked, right? No. No, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Are you well, at least we know who the creepy fucks are. <laughs> what, Clinton? <laughs> yeah. I know what you uh-huh. doing in that Zoom room. Wait, Eric, did you see it? No. All right. Well, this more you, me and Eric oh, are the only children of God on this podcast. What? Oh, please. He won't get stuck down my lightning with the rest of us. Huh. <laughs> I all did right. get excited when I saw Sable's titties on this Raw, actually. Yeah. And, uh... Uh, all right. So... <laughs> Dude, that was worse than this. Yeah. I... They used to have girls fucking go out there. They used to be good shit, pal, yeah. when the girls would go out naked. Now they're not allowed. So uh, what was leaked was technically Mandy Rose was naked in the pool. Mm-hmm. All right. Which there's really nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm sure everybody, you know... Sharon, I'm sure you've been naked in the pool many times. Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. Can we burn those pictures? Uh, Pete, that's just like, what the fuck did I, what the fuck am I listening to? All right. But so that's what got leaked. And then after they, after somebody from management saw that, apparently that's when they decided to find out where this came from and they paid for the subscription. And they found that she has nudes out there, or that she has a subscription service. Yeah. So they went to her, and they said, you need to take this down. So she took it down for, like, just a couple of hours. And she goes, it needs to stay down. Or they told her it needs to stay down, and she goes, no. I make a lot of money from this. Yeah. Because basically she pulls in $250,000 a year. Yeah. Now, WWE knew that she was doing this. Well, they th- well they thought that it was just bikini photos. Yeah. They didn't know she was showing her hoo-ha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they found that out, and apparently Mattel went fucking ape shit. Uh, accused WWE of breach of contract. Well, that would be a fun toy for her in the pool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I bet you could sell that one. Yeah. You wouldn't have any problem pushing that you one. You could play with your hoo Yeah. <laughs> that would be the tagline. Uh, so. I want the John Cena one. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so. They pretty much, they told her, they said, look, you know, you got to take this down. She said, no, I make a lot of money from this. Uh, you know, Mattel got upset, and then other sponsors apparently cried foul, so they're like, all right, we have to release you. Yeah. A Triple H apparently is open to, to the idea of bringing her back at some point. Well, Triple H is just creative, right? He can't hire. Can he? Yeah, he can. Okay. He's had a creative, and he's got like a bunch of different fucking job titles there now. Uh, but he's just like, look, we'll, we'll bring, we can bring her back at some point, but right now, you know, to appease everybody, she's got to go. Which she's okay. And when she released her statement, she pretty much said, she goes, I appreciate all the love and support, but, and don't worry, this page is still up. Yeah. So she, this is not bothering her at all. Yeah. The only thing that's really changed is the price of her subscription service. It went from twenty five to forty. You've been closely monitoring. I read it in an article. Mm-hmm. I saw it on Facebook. Uh, yeah, I mean this. I don't really blame either parties. A publicly traded company and oh, any professional company 
does not want you showing your asshole online. Yeah. But a lot of this, a lot of these girls nowadays are making really good money and they're building a business on their boobs. It's a lot of bees. Yeah. Yep. And they don't. Food, I mean, eh? People are paying for it and people are watching it and she's making. I mean, she's two hundred fifty grand. That's a lot of money. That's some people's yearly salary or double some people's yearly salary. So, uh, I don't blame her for not wanting to stop. But and it's her body; she can do whatever the fuck she wants. But my body It also is like companies do have a right if something goes against the brand or looks like that. Now, like I said earlier, half the shit they put out in the Attitude Era was way worse. Yeah. But they also like they have kids involved and shit. Like, what if this little girl that idolizes Mandy Rose on TV is like, oh, I want to be just like her? She looks her up online, sees her tits. That's not a good example. But also, you know, you should be able to do what you want. And I don't, I really don't give a fuck about this. We've talked about it a, a bunch. What's your guys' opinions? I'm just sick of listening, I mean, hearing about it. People have been saying, oh, I mean, I, I was one of them, but now I'm, have realized I was stupid. Like, it's an unfortunate, but it's like, nobody's wrong, nobody's right. She's not, I don't know if she's I mean, doing I think wrong. from a business standpoint, they made the right decision. Yeah, but also yeah. they market her, they also had pictures of her online uh, with her basically naked, but the belt's covering both parts, tits and vag. Uh, so yeah. kind of and, and they post shit of her in fucking lingerie all the time. Like, the, the sell of Mandy Rose is that she's hot. Like, let's not be, like, and I don't mind her, and she's gotten a lot better, but she's not fucking the Chris Benoit of chicks, okay? That was probably a bad reference, but she's not, like, Ric Flair or anything. She's not the greatest wrestler of all time. She's not even, she's not technical. She's not any of these things. She's a nice piece of cheeks. Yeah. At least that's how yeah. a lot of people view her. So, it was, mm-hmm. she's always been a sex symbol, and she's a sex symbol on WWE, so in her head, I'm going to cash in on that. And that's what she did. And she did. She didn't get fired for putting her tits on the internet. She got fired because she's making her own money, and WWE is not getting a cut. That's what it is. Yes, just it like is. how they got pissed about yep. the cameo yep. shit. Just like how they got. They don't like it when people profit and they don't get a piece of the pie. Well, they I, think if you work for us, we. They own your name for God's sake. They own your fucking name that you wrestle under. Anything you do, they want something out of it because they're a company, and companies are run by corporate people who like money. So that, to me, that's what yep. it is. And it might be PR too. We don't want you showing your tits all over, but really, it's you can show your tits as long as it's on Peacock. Right, and also too, you gotta realize this too. She has other businesses. She's yeah. got a uh, she's got a cosmetic business. Yeah. She's got uh, the donuts thing she does with Sonya. Yeah. So, like, she is pulling in. A, she's got a lot of business. Yeah. So if she stays away from wrestling for a while, she'll be fine. Well, like, look at Tony Storm. Tony Storm said the most financial freedom she ever had when she got fired from WWE. She started in OnlyFans, and she's making more money now. Yes, and but she's also not doing from what I understand, she's not doing, like, nude photos or anything like that. Yeah, I don't know. She, but... I mean, I haven't seen any of them. But, uh, 
But yeah, so all right, so there's that piece of business. The last thing I'm going to bring up is, uh, I think we talked about it a little bit last week. Sasha Banks will be at New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom on January the fourth. She is no longer part of WWE. Yeah. Uh, the reason for like she pretty much asked uh, WWE she wanted more money. She wanted to be paid you know, what Becky and Charlotte are making. And she was told, we don't view you in that light. In the next five years, you're not going to be a top draw. Is that what they said to her? Yes. And who is this? Sasha. Uh, And uh, then, like, it was expanded on, like, Meltzer expanded on it and pretty much said, they told her that because they view her as a backstage pain in the ass. Well, she probably is. I mean, she can be a bit of a diva, it seems like, but I, I don't know the backstage stuff. But she also is the most talented woman on that roster, yeah. and she's been for years. She's better than Charlotte and Becky, and she has the ability to draw more. You haven't really given her the chance. She's always been in, like, that supporting role or to help somebody. Like, Sasha, how many fucking little girls wear the boss glasses and shit? And, like, people love Sasha Banks. And... I mean, the, the fellas are obviously... I don't want them. I don't want them. I'm right I'm there with Planet. Exactly. Sasha's a lot of people... I am too. That, <laughs> Sasha's their favorite of the women's revolution. Yeah. So, that's just an ass night. Whether backstage pain in the ass or not, Shawn Michaels was a backstage pain in the ass, and he, he was allowed to do whatever the fuck he wants. So, she deserves that money. She deserves... Well, can to be you really say that, though? Okay, when, when Shawn Michaels was really a pain, other people took the fall. Like, look, look what happened with the whole click situation. Yeah, Michaels was champion at the time when it happened, so who took the fall? Triple H. Lost a shot at the King of, winning the King of the Ring that year. He, and then the big fallout that happened when he just all on these on those painkillers and whatnot. Triple H is really just carrying carrying his baggage and just hoping. Then he had a, that match and walked away, come back for the commissioner skit, and then finally Mace rejuvenates his career after four years of being absent. Two years once he finally got clean from all the all the drugs. Yeah. But I feel like the fact that he was able to just go into Vince's office, kick his feet up, and do whatever he wants, and he could piss everybody off and be a dick to the boys, and Vince always had his back. To me, that's a pain in the ass that got away with it. Yeah. And he got away with all – like, he could just be a piece of shit. No one cared. What, like, what's – how is Sasha painting the ass? Because she wants, like, the women's tag belts to mean something, and she doesn't want, like, stupid writing to take place. Like, right. she just – trying to make it a good product, it seems like. And the way she's marketed herself after leaving has been phenomenal. She just seems like a superstar. She's everywhere. Uh, Red carpet premieres. Yeah. Uh, She just just did a movie. Exactly. So I'd love for her to transcend and be a big deal without the WWE. And and here's the thing. If she goes into New Japan. Yeah. Like, we're going to find out if, actually in, if she is a pain in the ass or not. Because going into that new into a Japanese locker room, if you are any kind of a diva or a pain in the ass or whatever, they'll beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
And I don't care if you look like Sasha Banks or if you look like Yuji Nagata. Right? Yeah. You're a pain in the ass. You're going to get the shit beat out of you. And now also the rumor is is that because uh, there's supposed to be a big tag match on January the 11th on Dynamite, it's Soraya and a partner versus, I think, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. And they yeah. think Sasha's going to be – or or not Sasha, she can't go by that name. I don't even know what name she's going by. Like five of them. It's Mercedes something. I forgot what it was. So I know she trademarked the name Mercedes. All right. So she, it's rumored that she is going to be Soraya's partner because Soraya wants to work with her again. Really? Yes. Now, how do you now how do you make that feel? Feel so this is the person that took her out of action for over, put her out of wrestling for a long time, and then you automatically and I understand. Yeah, your close friends they say that Soraya was the one that. What was the first? That was the first person she called when she got cleared to wrestle that match against Blake Baker was um, Sasha because she felt like Sasha was that was that was whole, a cloud hole over her head throughout the whole time. I mean, yeah. you really want to step into? And, and I'm not saying it was an accident does happen, but. Thank you. Would you feel comfortable going getting back in the ring with that same person who nearly ended your career for that long amount of time? I mean, Austin right came away. right back and worked with Owen, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. Uh, but also, too, remember, Owen supposedly never apologized to Austin. According to Soraya... Or should we just say Paige so nobody gets confused? Yeah. All right. According to Paige, Sasha called her right away. And Sasha was, like, freaking the fuck out because she was afraid that she did some major damage. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Eric, who's your worker of the week? Action, um, Andrade. Being uh, Chris Jericho. Oh, Action Andretti? The kid is oh. good. Yeah. I'm going uh, Claudio Casanoli. New champ. New champ. I like the finish with the swing, even though people are kind of talking shit about it. I thought it was cool. Well, I didn't know. Well, I, I never really think of a swing as a finishing move. I, was, I know, but it, I it's cool had... Well, when you're getting swung 25 times, as sooner, as sooner or later you're going to fucking have enough. Well, yeah, so I could almost see that in the It's like if you don't say I give up anytime soon, he's going to keep swinging until both of you get barked. I mean, okay. the only thing, the only thing that kills it, take it. <laughs> the only thing that kills it a little bit is that we've seen it so many times, the swing itself. Yeah. So it's hard to kind of look at yeah. it as a huge threat more than anything than just exciting. But uh, I think in the world of professional wrestling where we've seen all this shit numerous, numerous times, it is pretty refreshing to have an out-of-the-box finish. Yeah. Uh, especially because, like, yeah. if someone spun me that, like, I might tap too. I didn't think it was lame. Like, some people, I thought it was, like, I thought it was a pretty smart finish. And I thought him and Chris made it work. 
I didn't have, I didn't have an issue with, with the finish. I'm glad that to be honest with you, I'm glad Claudio won. Yes. Like I, I felt like he deserved to win. I think that a show like Final Battle, which is your biggest show of the year, you need that go home. Everybody needs to go home happy finish. You send the crowd home happy. And that was a lot of swinging. Yeah. All right, Clint, did Clemens give his? Not yet. Clemens, who's your worker of the week? Well, I want to go with my boy, man, Keith Lee. Even after winning that match, even after his tag team's um, partner, Swerve, walked out on him and still was able to win that match by himself. Yep, that was badass. Keith Lee's a machine. Yeah. But, uh, no, okay. Uh, all right, let's move on. War drums number seven. Uh, as much fun as it is talking about movies, uh, I have a list here of the last six episodes we've done, and just to tally up who we've given the victories to. Now, our first episode, we did 4-14-97, and Doug picked Nitro, I picked Nitro, and Eric picked Nitro. On the second one, on 5-19-97, we've done a lot of fucking 97s. Uh, yes, Eric, I know. Eric, Eric, me, and Doug all picked Raw. On War Drums number 3, 6-30-97, I picked Raw, and the other two Yahoos picked Nitro. On number four, <laughs> Eric, me, and Doug all picked Nitro, 8497. Number five, it was a 2000, so we all picked Raw. And uh, number six, 111097, that we did a couple weeks ago, we all picked Nitro. So the tally for me is 3 3. The tally for you and Doug is 4 2. And Clinton has one pick for Nitro. So let's get into this episode. December 15th, 1997. Uh, we'll start with Raw. We are in Durham, New Hampshire? Uh, Durham, yeah. In the Whitmore Center Arena. Our current champions is the world champion, Shawn Michaels. He's also the European champion at the moment. The IC champion is technically Rocky since Austin gave him the belt. The World Tag Team Champions are the New Age Outlaws, Road Dog and Billy Gunn. And the Lightweight Champion is Takamichinoku. Takamichinoku. To start off Raw, we got a, a little bit of a different commentary team. We have JR, Michael Cole, and Kevin Kelly. What's your favorite Kevin Kelly moment, Doug? Uh, he had a few a few good ones in Ring of Honor. Yeah. <laughs> Probably when he got super kicked by the box. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, why not? Was he a heel? No. Oh. Just the fact that like uh, the, the Bucks were coming out and super kicking everybody. Oh, okay. And they even super kicked Kevin Kelly? Yeah. Cool. Uh, Michael Cole's interviewing Undertaker at the start of the show. Uh, this is kind of the big, big segment to, to start out. Uh and Kane comes out, and Kane and Paul Bear 
give Taker a talking to. Kane smacks him again. And then he goes to smack him again. Undertaker catches the arm. And then, but Undertaker still walks away. Yeah. They're obviously setting up this feud still, but what do we think? They're trying. Well, first of all, the promo was Undertaker's getting the title shot against Shawn Michaels at the Royal Rumble. Yes. And it's going to be a casting match. Yes. Kane and Paul Bear, they want to fight the. Well, Paul Bear doesn't want to fight him. Oh, yes. Uh, Kane wants to fight the Undertaker. Undertaker does not want to fight his little brother. Mm-hmm. Now he wants to beat the shit out of Paul Bear, uh, but who doesn't? Uh, so, like this segment too, it's just pretty much showing. It, it's almost like you're trying to show a human side of the Undertaker. Well, yeah, and I think that's what this view was supposed to do a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. Exactly. So, uh, did anyone have any opinions on this, or? Well, I just uh, kind of get in. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was. It was a good. Anything else? It's it's it you off for it. Or it gets you interested in knowing if the main event of the World Rumble is going to be Michaels and Taker. The Kane coming out, antagonizing Taker more just to fight him. This gives you that more like it was more, it made it seem like it was more, that was more important than Undertaker getting a shot title itself. That's what that stood out to me as. Yeah, it did. That's what they tried to make it seem like. And I was fine with that, too, because Shawn Michaels gets enough airplay on this thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right, let's go over to Nitro, then. Our hosts are Tony, Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, and Larry Zabisco to start the night. Uh, it doesn't seem like Zabisco's too focused about his match with Bischoff yet, but that's okay. Our current champions are world champions Hulk Hogan. Our U.S. champion is Kurt Henning. Our world tag team champions are Rick and Scott Steiner. The television champions, Disco Inferno. And the cruiserweight champions, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Uh, To start out the show, we have the NWO without Kevin Nash. But it's okay because Chono's there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Kurt Henning calls out Ric Flair. Uh... Yeah, it's another NWO segment to start the show. They're all the same. Yeah. Like, it's pretty much... They come out, walk to the cool music, and dance a little bit, and then talk a little shit. Hogan, or Bischoff strokes Hogan. Uh, It's the same damn thing. I mean, it's just like, it's just sometimes, it's not even different words half the time. They're all saying the same shit. Yeah. Exactly. It's almost like who cares? Yeah. Uh, but we start off the show with Ray Trailer versus Vincent, or if you're a WWF fan, Big Boss Man versus Virgi- Virginia Virgil. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was okay. I mean, for I mean, it was a good squash for for Trailer. Yeah, it's about time because Ray Trailer had pretty much since he came back to WCW. You know, just as Ray Trailer, he was pretty much doing jobs to the NWO guys. 
Yeah. And when I say the NWO guys, pretty much he was doing jobs for – he did like three jobs in a row for Scott Norton because Scott Norton's middle name is Can't Do a Job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I got nothing but bad things to say about that stupid motherfucker. <laughs> uh, ruined this fucking show for me. Oh, um, but like, wow. no, I am not a Scott Norton fan. I am more of a Vince McMahon fan than I am a Scott Norton fan, and I hate Vince McMahon. I couldn't tell. Uh, I just had to stop myself from saying my next statement. Uh, but, um, Good like, job, Doug. thank you. Uh, don't applaud me till the show's over. <laughs> We're on match one. Just... Alright. So, the, the match with Ray Trailer and Vincent... See, Vincent really didn't wrestle a lot. Vincent was just more known for... Background guy. Your background guy, interfering in matches, of, you know, just basically being that hemorrhoid that you can't get rid of. Yeah. Uh, he, there is no reason he should have been in the NWO. No, not at all. And like it, he was head of security. Like so, well, the guy they wanted to be the head of security was actually Godfather. Really? Yeah. And then, but then he turned it down because uh, Ron Simmons is a friend. Is he asked Ron? He said, "Ron, should I take this job?" He goes, "Where? WCW? It's part of the NWO." He goes, "Fuck no! <laughs> don't do it." <laughs> yeah. Uh. So then, but yeah, so this match, I mean, it was good. It was a good squash for trailer, and it's about time that somebody from the NWO does a clean job. Yeah. Which, exactly. This was actually the only clean job done by these fuckers. I agree. Yeah, I thought this match was okay. It wasn't anything. It was a good squash for trailer. Yeah. Uh, next up, yeah. we have, or we see the Nitro Girls for a little bit. Never uh, a problem with that. No. And then we have Disco, nope. Inferno, Disco Inferno versus Nagata with Sonny Ono on his uh, ringside for the television championship. This actually wasn't too bad. I thought Disco did a pretty good job. And Nagata can work, obviously. Nagata can work, and Sonny Ono is the perfect pain in the ass. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. I thought for a shorter match, it was still pretty good. There was a lot of excitement. I, Disco Inferno... Disco Inferno with the TV title actually wasn't that bad. No, I I enjoyed it when he was TV champion. Exactly. I I don't know if I should admit this, but I was I was actually singing the song when he came out. Disco fever. Disco yeah. fever. Yeah. Disco fever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Glenn, it's on my couple of it, it always gives me hype to watch WCW when I hear that disco come out. I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. All right. Sorry yourself. That is a great song. That's a legendary song. Yeah. He's got to get inducted into the Hall of Fame just for that song. Yeah. No. That's the only reason why I'll put you in the Hall of Fame, yo. <laughs> Not because you could wrestle, because you had a great theme song. <laughs> and because he bullied Doug on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, after he signed an autograph oh, for me three weeks early. <laughs> we should get him on the show. I tried. Oh, you did? Uh, 
Taka Michinoku and Jerry Lawler on the other channel. We're going back to Raw. Uh, this isn't for the light heavyweight title, but Ross does say that this is technically a light heavyweight match. With no fucking way, Lawler could eat the whole light heavyweight division. But uh, yeah, they also something that I found interesting is Ross gives a shout out to the new UFC uh, pay per view that's coming out. Yeah, they yeah. parked it like three times. Several times. Which I find pretty interesting. Like, maybe that company actually grows and does something, huh? I was just going to say, I think they did something. I, and, again, this is before Dana White, too. Yes. Yep. This is like four years before Dana White. Four years before Dana White. And he might – well, I mean, who knows? Dana White might actually had might have actually had hair back then. I think he did. I know yeah, Joe it was Rogan when uh, Frank Shamrock was still in UFC. But forget that. Yeah. So it was it was good and uh, it was cool to see. It, it it was pretty. It was entertaining. It's like oh, UFC. We love that. Yeah. Uh, Taka and Lawler was good. It was a good. It was a classic bigger heel versus a smaller baby face. Uh, and Taka got him with the driver at the end, and it almost seemed like he was going to pin him. But then Christopher runs out to kind of. Keep that few going, but then he beats the shit out of Christopher a little bit too. Well, yeah, because Christopher accidentally hit hit his papa in the face. Yeah, Brian Christopher didn't really get much shine in this feud, huh? He was just there to job. Yeah, he was just there to job. I mean, they would do like he would get victories in like tag match. I don't think he ever pinned Taka though. Really? Yeah, like he would get victories in tag matches, but it was always you know with. He would always pin whoever's Taka or whoever's Taka, whoever's partner, or whoever's Taka, Taka's partner. <laughs> oh my God! First day with my new tongue. There you go. I gotta quit putting it down Eric's mouth. Maybe. What the fuck? Just make sure you're paying attention, pal. I take back what I just said like five minutes ago. Oh what? When I say good job. Yeah, but I was gonna say something even more fucked up though. Good job of putting his tongue down his throat. <laughs> uh, uh, can we get back to this? You wanna get kicked off the air? Is that what you're trying to do? If I was trying to get kicked off the air, I would have said what I, I, I thought that went in my head like five minutes ago. What was it? I'm not going <laughs> to do it. Uh, no. Don't go there, Doug. Don't go there. Well, no, if we get kicked off the air, we might be able to get a spot on Mandy Rose's website. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down uh, for it. I'm not in. Uh, I'm not going to answer that. All right. Takamichi Doku, Jerry Lawler. I thought the match was pretty good. What did you guys think? I enjoyed it. I, I just, thought it was, I, um, To be yeah. honest with you, I wish he would have he would have gotten the clean hit. Yeah. It would have been a nice rub to beat Jerry Lawler. Yeah. But then again, back then, the only rubs Lawler were given were the 13-year-olds. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. <laughs> and then we get the the announcement that LOD and DX are in the main event, which is going to be very cool. And, 
Yeah. He calls Shawn Michaels Fabio and RuPaul. <laughs> oh, uh, awesome. yeah. Which, I mean, the LOD coming back really wasn't a good idea, but no. They did try to get a little bit out of him. Then we have Austin and Rock kind of going at it verbally for a little bit. Well, Rock's in the ring. Rock tells him he wants his belt back because he stunned him and took the belt after he gave it to him. He says, you have an hour to bring it to me. Austin told him to blow him pretty much. Yeah. But uh, they're going to – this is going to lead up to a really big moment. Yeah. And, by the way, like, Farouk tried to talk, and Rock's just like, with all due respect, the champ is talking. Yeah, I would have fucking slapped him <laughs> in the mouth. That, that kind of started that. Well, he that. was a champion. He was a yeah. champion. Farouk wasn't a champion. He's the leader of the group. <laughs> Don't care. You're a leader, you wear gold. Let's not check who was wearing gold. Bro, rock. Put some respect on that man's name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we know Daniel, it was funny because Rock is still a little green here too. Yeah. Like I've not, like he's not the greatest talker in the world yet, which is kind of interesting to see. Like he's getting there and yeah, I know. this was still good, but he still looked like he was reading from a script a little bit. Yeah. To where Austin seemed a lot more natural when Austin was talking. Yeah, I think Rock really started to get there in 98. I mean, he's calling himself the Rock. Like, he's doing his shit, and, it like, you can tell that he's becoming greatness. But it's just, on the microphone, he's not quite there yet. No. In my, in my humble Oh, way. yeah, no, you're right. Uh, next up on uh, Nitro, we have Dean Malenko versus Fit Finley. Eddie Guerrero comes in at the end to get the jump, uh, but Malenko... Hits him off the ropes. Uh, Finley hits him from behind and then hits him with a nice tombstone. I thought this was probably, for only six minutes, this was probably the best wrestling match on this card. And what's weird is the fact that Malenko was getting the title shot against Guerrero at Starcade, and Finley's still the one that goes over. Yeah. Now, Malenko did not want the title shot at Starcade, by the way. Like, legit backstage real life. Yeah. Because Malenko's wife was pregnant. And Malenko had put in uh, that Malenko had put in uh, for vacation. Yeah. Well, the idiots at Turner forgot about it. So they booked the match, and he's just like, I'm not going to do it. I, I Like, my wife is giving birth Christmas Day. I want to be home. Yeah. So they're like, all right, cool. So they said that. But then, you know, when Kevin Nash was faking a heart attack because he didn't want a job to the Giant, and uh, Conan's girlfriend gave birth to a stillborn, so he couldn't make the show, and Raven couldn't wrestle because he still had a injured spleen, they pretty much called Malenko like the day after Christmas and said, you're coming in tomorrow whether you want to or not. Yeah. They're like, "We, we need you. Uh, like, you got to do this. So he ended up doing it. Obvi- uh, like I said, he didn't want to, but he, uh... so yeah, so he was pretty much, he was going to be in a title match he wanted nothing to do with. Which that sucks that he had to do that, but this match was a really good wrestling match. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was a fantastic wrestling match. What do you think, Eric? 
I thought it was a decent. I think it was a good match. Yeah. Clintus? Yeah, I think it was a good match. All right. Rey Mysterio and Hubie versus Laparka and Psychosis. I love it when the, when any iteration of these four get together. Yeah, I mean, this is four yep. of my favorite cruiserweights, so yeah. it's cool. Well, and LaParca technically wasn't a cruiserweight, but, yes, he you was. know, four yeah. luchadors, yeah. technically. He wrestled yeah. in the cruiserweight division, though, no? No, he did not. He never got a cruiserweight title shot because he was like, well, because he was 250 pounds. Yeah. He always looked like the bigger one, but I always, I still put him with the division. And you're not going to tell me any different. Even if I try to tell me to go to hell, I tried to tell you that New York is north of Pennsylvania yesterday and you still said down. Yeah. <laughs> Good callback. You got anything else, sir? Uh, I like this match. Yeah, it was good. It's weird. It's always weird, though, to see Ray in tag team matches around this time because you're used to him doing, like, the singles matches or whatever. Yeah. Like, the other guys you're used to seeing in the tag situations, but Ray, you're, you're always just used to seeing him go on his own. Yep. I honestly thought this is probably the best match of both of, of, uh, shows. Oh, um, Oh, uh, to me, I enjoyed it. But then again, you know, I think this is probably once it's... Here's my problem, because I think this is when WCW started going. Once the middle, like, 45 minutes hit of WCW, you kind of get bored. Because to me, I think the matches need to be longer. Not no two, six-minute matches. So you have time for a commercial break. Because I think that's the one thing WCW always did in my eyes in the game of television. They don't like having matches going, going on while the commercials happen. So a lot of matches, if you, ever, if you notice on WCW, just, just for that whatever time trade is for or a promo segment, never going throughout the commercial break. That's no, they did a few times. Well, that's only when they're going on the main event. Let's put it that way. But during the show itself, it's not like a oh my god, it's a half hour, it's a half hour long match. Yes, you have commercial breaks, but we'll show you what happened or whatnot at during commercial once we get back. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, on Raw we have Dude Love versus Road Dog. <laughs> All right, so it's a continuation the week before Dude Love beat Billy Gunn, I think it was, and then they beat the shit out of him. Yes. Uh, so now he's looking to get revenge, and it's actually during this match, too, I think, that... Uh, isn't it during this match where New Age Outlaws kind of gets uh, confirmed as the team name? Well, yeah, that's they yeah. say it to Jim Ross says it to Billy, and Billy's like, "I like that, Jim Ross. I think we'll go with that." So, so yeah, so yeah, so they came up with it there. It, wasn't it weird that Road Dog is the one doing the wrestling, and Billy's the one doing the talking? Yeah, 
and that's kind of why this sucked a little bit. I mean, it wasn't bad, but B- Billy was not good on the microphone. And Rosal really wasn't that good in the ring. No, it, it always was better opposite because Billy was a hell of an athlete and Road Dog has charisma oozing out of his ass. Yeah. Uh, yep. But this match was still fun, like two different type of guys. And the, the the table spot at the end, now we've seen it so many times, but back then it was pretty cool. Yeah, back then it was just like, it, and by the way, like back then Mick Foley was the only one that was actually willing to do that spot. I can't believe they let these two pricks have two big moments in one night, though. Because, like, you've seen, like, I've seen, like, if we did a top ten moments of matches for Road Dog and Billy Gunn, throwing dude off, well, maybe not this, it'd probably be more the dumpster shit with uh, dude well, and what's his name. And, uh, well, Cactus and Chainsaw. But the fact that this happened, and then they did the famous Shaving Hawk and shit later. Yeah. It's like, they got a lot of publicity this this episode. Yeah, and I think that this is when, like, Hunter and Sean started thinking, you know, maybe we should work with that. You could tell. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But I thought it was... It, it was like a field, a field win, yeah. It's just weird that, like, they're building to two different storylines at the same time with the outlaws, it seems like. Like, they're building this thing with Dude, but they're also kind of building this thing with LOD. That swings into Rumble. And then I think it's over, right, with LOD? Yeah, I think they do one more match afterwards, and that's when uh, Hawk and Animal kind of tease the split. Yeah. But afterwards, yeah, I'm pretty sure they were they were done, like, right then and there. Or, or like, like, after Rumble, and then after that... Uh, because then they still had to transition into the feud with Cactus and Chainsaw. Exactly. Uh, next up, we have Mark Henry and the Brooklyn Brawler. All right. Mark Henry was super fucking green here. He was. He but, beat the shit out of the Brawler, though. Yeah. But also, too, remember, he's still doing the Olympic weightlifter gimmick. And this was technically his first match in over a year. Yep. You can tell. Yeah. All right. Over on Nitro, unless anyone's got big things on that, then what do we think of Mark Henry? He didn't hit his stride until the nation. Okay. Uh, Our number two for Nitro, Shivani, Tanay stays out. Heenan comes out and replaces Abisko. Pete Okerlund is uh, standing by with some police chiefs. He welcomes Arn Anderson to the ring, and Arn gets a pretty big pop. And then Ric Flair comes out. Ric Flair gives the police chiefs money. And, uh, yeah. And then he talks about how he's going to kick Henning's ass later. Right. He wanted to do it yep. later. Now, the match was originally set for Starcade. Yeah. And it was going to be in a cage. Yeah. The problem is, yeah. Flair's ankle was still fucked up after he broke it at World War Three. Yeah. So, and we'll get to that more later on if the, you know, but that's pretty much when they did the whole thing, you know, in the main event where they stomped on him, they had to write him off. Yeah. And then DDP yeah. got the shot. Yeah. 
But it was originally... And you want to show up and... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I'll ask that after you're done. Ask the question, Eric. No, say the one to show up until after, um, until late, um, 98, right? No, Flair was, Flair was still around. Flair didn't disappear until March of 98. Okay. So he was still around for the first couple months of the year. Because he was doing uh, all this stuff with Bret Hart. Yeah. Those were good matches. Oh, just yeah. That, yeah. But yeah, Sorry, no. so they, they set it up. They set it up. It was going to be the main event. And, you know, Flair and heading for the U.S. title. Or actually, I don't even know if the U.S. title was going to be on the line. I thought it was. But it makes sense after Super Bowl and everything that they would go in a cage. Yeah. Not Super. You know what I mean? Fall Brawl. Yeah. Yeah. War games. Because uh, heading really fucked them over. Yes. All right, we come back from the break, and Gene's sitting with J.J. Dillon, and J.J. Uh, wants to make the rules clear between Bischoff and Zip. Briscoe did not bring up this match at all in the first hour, unless I'm missing something. He did on commentary. He did say that he was going to that the because uh, they brought up that Nitro was on the line. He goes, don't worry, the Nitro girls aren't going anywhere, and Nitro's not going anywhere. So he did say, because he brought it up during the segment when they were talking about doing the Nitro party. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't I don't remember that, but uh, I'll take your word for it since you were right next to me. Yeah. Uh, the JJ Dillon and Bischoff because he's trying to make rules. Uh, Bischoff wants knockouts. Dylan wants submissions. This really sucks. Well, and but and what's stupid here too? The Bisco is sitting right at the commentary position, yeah, listening to this, yeah, and not doing a fucking thing. He's letting JJ do the talking for him. Well, isn't this hour two though? Uh, no. all right. So when they did three hour shows, by the way, this was a three hour show. Zabisco would do the first ninety minutes. Keenan would do the second ninety. Yeah, because I, yeah, I remember him talking shit to Scott Hall at the end. Yeah. Uh, when Scott Hall wins and he's like, I used to beat that boob everywhere or something like yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I don't know why Zabisco was still wrestling, to be honest. I like him, but you could have fed Bischoff to a bunch of other people instead. By the way, this was actually Zabisco's first match in like three years. Yeah. It's still stupid to me. Yeah. That's how I feel. Oh, yeah, no, I'm – it was dumb that they had him come out and be the one to to defend Nitro. Yeah. And that Bischoff was the one trying to – like, it could have been, like, Scott Hall versus – I didn't find this J.J. Dillon shit uh, entertaining at all with Bischoff. I think Bischoff's usually a pretty good heel. He just annoyed me here. Both guys, I just – I didn't find it – it felt like they were reading from a script. They just felt like bad acting, and it felt stupid. You're not wrong because they were just hogging the camera way too fucking much. Yeah, especially because they're going to come out again later. It's like, yeah. I didn't need both of them here. Uh, Nitro Girls again. We love them. Then we have Scott Hall and Chris Jericho, which is one of, for it being a pretty quick match, I thought this was a lot of fun, and it was cool to see them two go against each other. This is uh, 
a get back match for Scott Hall since Jericho had already beat him. Right. But back on November the third. But to me, this was still pretty good for what it was for so short. Yeah, and it was you know Scott Hall again. He had to get his win back because Jericho beat him. And they really weren't doing anything with Jer- Jericho. He's a month away from turning heel. Yeah. But he's still not there yet. I think this is actually like the fourth or fifth match in a row on Nitro that he actually lost. Damn. All right. Steve McMichael and Ming. Uh, match never gets started. Goldberg hits Mongo in the back of that with a pipe in the backstage area. J.J. Dillon goes over to him. Of course, J.J. Dillon back on camera and says, all right, if Mongo can't wrestle Ming, you got to go out there. So as he goes out there, Mongo miraculously recovers. Yeah. And attacks Ming from behind. Was this, uh... Goldberg's first time talking? Yeah. Because it just felt weird to hear him speak. He may have said something into the camera yeah. before, but this is the first time, like, actual words spoke to... Because I remember he barely talked at first. Uh, but it was cool, and Bill was... And he you could tell he was on fire, or he was getting there. The fans were starting to get behind him. Yeah. You can't really tell if they want him babyface or heel yet, but... Well, look, because it's feud with Mongo. I'm pretty sure he was supposed to be pure, pure heel. Yeah. Which is crazy, but... Yeah. All right, let's enter the war zone! All right. Jim Ross and Jim Cornette are on the commentary booth, you and me. Uh, we look back... Uh, no, we go to Owen and Vince in the ring, and Owen... Delivers probably his best babyface promo ever. It's still like it's yep. still it's not like the greatest promo of all time, but for him it was fucking awesome. And him like saying Brett Nightheart Bulldog, they did what they have to do, but now I'm gonna do what I have to do, and I'm gonna beat the shit out of Shawn Michaels, and I'm gonna do all this shit. And this is real life, Vince. This isn't a game. This is real life, and I'm making Shawn Michaels' life a living hell. And he's like, and said, Sean started it. It's time for the little nugget to end it. And I just, I thought it was pretty badass. He had the cops escort him out. Like, Vince, heel Vince is really coming into play here. And also uh, the black heart or the black sheep or whatever the fuck he was. He, yeah, it was supposed to be the black heart. But Owen Hart, we've talked about this a few times. And we think... You know, he got fucked out of ways that he should have been given Sean and maybe even won the belt. Or, and we've even, a couple of weeks ago, we kind of debunked that theory and said it wouldn't have worked with everything that was going on. But this was a damn good promo. He was, he was clearly in a good place creativity-wise. So I think, because, you know, he was always kind of overshadowed by, like, Brett and Davey because – you can almost make the argument that Brett and Davey were kind of like the stars of like the Heart Foundation. Yeah. Okay. Nightheart, not so much. Uh, the only thing Nightheart was the star of was the Old Country Buffet. Uh, but Owen, I think, was kind of like behind Brett and Davey. They're gone now. 
So now Owen has the opportunity. He's got nobody holding him back. He's got nobody to hang on to. It's either sink or swim. Yeah. And he's swimming to the best. He's swimming as much as they're allowing him to swim. <laughs> but Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and Vince have their fucking foot on his head, drowning him in the pool. Yeah, pretty much. It's just like, like what would have been cooler about this promo, as good of a promo as it was, he should have just whacked Vince. It, he should have whacked Vince, but also, this was great. This was good shit. But the promo, and we'll just get into it now instead of talking about it later. But then later, it goes to Sean and Triple H, and Sean's like, no, Shina should wrestle him. Like, I don't need him. And then they make the decision right there in that promo. They Over a game of rock, paper, fucking scissors, that Triple H is going to be the one to wrestle uh, Owen Hart, which makes no sense with everything going on. Give Sean, like, that should have been the first thing first, is Sean and Owen in a main event somewhere. They did it, do it on a Raw. That's not a pay-per-view, and that, was it for the title at least? Yeah. Okay. Uh, why haven't we reviewed that one? Uh, it's at the end of the month. Okay. Uh, but they, it should have been a bigger storyline than it was. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But the thing is, uh, and, you know, you two other guys can wake up from your naps at any time and chime in, but... Uh, like, the the thing about Owen is that, like, unfortunately, there was people that didn't see a lot. They didn't see a main event run in him. Well, now, yeah. they promised him a main event run so he couldn't go to WCW. But, unfortunately, you have to promise these. Sometimes you have to make promises that you don't intend on keeping so you can't. Does that make you a no good piece of shit? We've already determined that's what Vince is. But, yep. like, yeah. it was the way to keep Owen. That, now, he may, Vince may have had every intention, and JR may have had every intention to, to give Owen a shot at the title and put the title on Owen. But Triple H and Shawn Michaels didn't see it. And if they didn't see it, it wasn't going to happen. Which yeah. is a shame because Owen deserved it. So the, knowing that, do you think that's the only reason why One Heart was never a WWE champion? I think it's one of them, but I think also, and it, it, like during this promo, the crowd was into it a bit, but he wasn't getting major pops. I think, like I said a couple weeks ago, I think one of the big factors to why this was never going to work was the crowd was too used to seeing him as a heel. They just watch him break Austin's neck. Yeah. And Austin's the hottest thing in the company. Yeah. People love Steve Austin. And this guy was wearing a fucking shirt saying, I broke your neck. Nah, nah. And Owen Hart's always been a better heel. And he's always been an annoying heel character. So to go from that to, I need everyone get on my shoulders. I'm carrying the Hart family legacy. I'm a good guy. And these guys are the bad guys. I can see why that's a hard transition. So also to... If he were going to be the WWF champion, they would have done it in 94 when he was feuding with his brother. Well, yeah, but, like, this does seem like – but for this right here, it seems like that's the major reason, is that he was too – almost like Randy with uh, Randy Orton in 2004 when he all – like, he's the best heel in the business. He spits in Mick Foley's face. He's fucking beating up all these legends. And then he wins the world title from Benoit, and now he's a babyface going against Triple H. People don't 
like they're so used to seeing this guy being a scumbag, it's never gonna work. They don't want it like heel baby face to heel is a lot easier than heel to baby. Yeah, and it's and, and also too, like you know, in Randy's case, it was okay. Let's change the theme music up a little bit. He's a he's a baby face now. Yeah, a change in theme music isn't doesn't necessarily mean heel or baby face change. Yeah. Uh, in Owen's case. Well, Owen was legit, had a different personality. He was trying to be a babyface, obviously. But I just think it was too ingrained in people's head, all the fucked up shit he had done already. Right. Because they didn't slow build it. No. And, well, they didn't know to slow build it because they didn't know, well, the screw job, but they couldn't tell Owen. Yeah. So so they can't tell, oh, by the way, we're going to fuck your brother over, so we need you to start working on being a baby. <laughs> like they, I don't even think they knew he was going to stay. Yeah. So no one, like, that part, it's hard to anticipate. You can't slow build it because it's all happening. And this is like, and as we can tell with this episode, after the screw job, everything just starts happening at a fever fucking pitch. Yeah. Like, everything's going fast and fast and fast. And we're just in the attitude era now. This is an attitude era. And, and this is what here's what they're building towards right now. Like we talked last week about how In Your House DX should have been like a statement show for for them because they knew what they were going up against with Starcade. And they had the momentum of the screw job and all that, right? Yeah. And some guys delivered in their performances, others didn't. Yes. Here now, everybody is starting okay, we know what we got to build towards. 1998 has to be our fucking year. So this is what we have to do. Yeah. So, like, we need... it. We got to start kicking on all cylinders right now. And I think, like, in this episode, that's exactly what they started to do. Yeah. You know... You know, with the exemption of okay, a greener than a greener than goose shit, Mark Henry, or uh, the Bariquas who absolutely fucking sucked. We'll get to them when their segment comes yeah. up. Other than maybe just a couple of different hiccups, this show was kicking on all cylinders. Yeah. Uh, unlike on the other show when Scott Norton was getting kicked but no selling it because he didn't feel like it. Yeah. Fucking asshole. I'm done. Uh, yeah, I agree. The Sultan and Tom Brandy. Uh, after uh, we get a video package of Sable showing her tits, but we have the Sultan versus Tom Brandy. The Sultan is Rikishi, obviously, with Iron Sheik as the manager. This was a weird gimmick. Yeah. It could have worked, though. Uh, Tom Brady looked pretty good. Brandy got the win. Uh, he, he looked pretty good after like the only thing I've ever remembered this guy from is the 98 rumble. And that's the only reason I even know the fucking name. Right. And he only lasted like 10 seconds in the 98 rumble. Yeah. How long was he with the company after that? Well, he started in 96 as Salvatore Sincere. I remember that. And then uh, I think he was done in the WWF probably by, like, April or May of 98. Okay. Maybe he wasn't into the attitude thing. I don't know. Uh, Oh, well, they were trying to sell him the Patriot gimmick. 
because they still had the rights to the Patriot, and they were trying to get Dell to sell it to Tom, to Tom Brandy. Yeah. And it didn't work. Uh, Mero comes out, and this is Heel Mero. He beats the shit out of him. Uh, I think Heel Mark Mero was actually pretty entertaining. He was, but you could just tell it was getting under his fucking skin that everybody kept chanting for Sable. Well, yeah, but that's a great storyline. See, wrestling's so weird because I feel like everyone knows that everything's a work, but then some people act like some things are just real. and they re- Like, people think Eric Bischoff was really that douchebag that just wanted to hang out with the NWO because that's what he portrayed on TV. Yeah. If that's real or not, who knows, but people act like that's fact. People act like Mark Merrill was really jealous of Sable. And who knows? But, like, I've always heard it told as, like, truth, even though it was obviously just a storyline. Yeah. Maybe he was so good at it that he convinced people, but I I think this is great. Everyone's had – well, not everyone, but if you have a super hot girlfriend and everyone's looking at her, it does piss you off. Yeah. So – I, I can see where Mark's coming from, and he was really upset about it. It was funny. Yeah. And it made for good heat. And then when she eventually sable bombed him and stuff, even though it kind of ruined his career because then Austin wouldn't work with him. <laughs> it was good. Uh, Nitro Girls. And the, again, they never fucking go away. And then the. They were hot. They just, they, well, at least Kimberly. Well, actually, no. To be honest with you, I wasn't really attracted to Kimberly. I was more attracted to, to uh, Spice. Okay. Sugar and spice and everything nice. Yeah. Now we have a world tag team title match. Or oh, God. We have Rick and Scott Steiner with Ted DiBiase versus Conan and Scott Norton with Vincent. Dear boy, Scott uh, Norton. It's a DQ. It only lasts four minutes. Of course. And Scott start. Norton drops Rick Steiner on his fucking head. Yeah. Yeah. That break was a fucking real neck. bad bunch. Tries to break his fucking neck. And then when Steiner decides later on, hey, I'm going to give Norton his receipt, Norton no-sells it and just walks out of the ring. God, Scott Norton was a waste of fucking skin. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, this guy, he felt like, like, I can understand maybe, like, Kevin Nash... You know, because he's seven foot tall, not wanting to do a job. Or like, you know, other guys in the NWO saying, oh, we're big stars, not do a job. Yes, Scott Norton was 350 pounds, but you fucking sucked. And it has nothing to do with weight. It's just like, who the fuck are you, Scott Norton, to not ever let put anybody over? Yeah. Oh, no, every match I'm in, it's got to be a DQ. Fuck you. Did he say that ever? I don't know if he actually said that, but that's what it seemed like every one of his fucking matches had to be. I mean, Jesus Christ, he couldn't even put... He wouldn't even put over Chris Benoit in 1998. Like, he had, like, the first... Like, when him and Benoit had a match on that one episode of Thunder, he had to go over. Yeah. Even though they were in the middle of building Benoit for the TV title match. Yeah. He had to go over, and then they had a rematch, and uh, they had Vincent interfere, so Norton couldn't lose. Yeah. He's lost to Goldberg, though, right? That's the one person he would put over. (laughs) He would put over Goldberg, and he would put over the Giants. He wouldn't even let Luger (laughs) fucking 
No, when he joined the NWO, he barely did a job. Yeah. Like, he would do, like, jobs, like, pre-NWO, because he wasn't that big of a star. Yeah. He joins the NWO, he thinks he's the biggest fucking star on the face of the earth. He he wouldn't even let Luger fucking rack him. Why was he in the NWO? Because he was friends with Bischoff. Because yeah. him and Bischoff have known each other since the AWA days. Okay. Oh, my God. I feel... <laughs> Jesus well, can't you just think about everybody who, everybody who joined the NWL at first? It was all no longer made for felt like big stars once they, they joined the cancer of WCW. Basically, yeah, but was. they weren't big. Some of them weren't. Like, some of them, yes, would become big stars. Yeah. Like, the NWL was the best thing to ever happen to Buff Bagwell. Yeah, but Bagwell was on his way, too. And Bagwell had some. It's not like you were gifted. Like, Yes, it did elevate Bagwell a little bit, but he was also, he was a good worker back in the day. Oh, no, I'm not saying he wasn't a good worker, but I'm just saying once he was allowed to be that heel. But, yeah, but that's also, like, he put work into that. Like, he's, like, buff head the stuff and stuff like that. His stuff was Steiner. Like, that was actually him trying to make good shit out of it. Scott Norton, like, Scott Norton, Vincent, and fucking, uh, so many other people. They were just Wall there to Street, be. Wall Street, Bubba. Yeah, all of them. It just it made no. It never made any sense. The one that really never made sense was when Dusty Rhodes joined for a spell. Oh I never. To me, it was like the one person that should not be in this is him. But uh, yeah, it's just yeah. like all those other members were just kind of useless, and no one remembers the NWO from them. They only remember the three. Right. And then you you could throw X Pac and Giant in there if you wanted to, but and and Savage a little bit and Savage to an extent, yeah, uh, yeah, probably Kurt. No, but this match sucked. I mean, it's the NWO B team. Uh, yeah, and they would show up a lot on this on this episode. B team, every almost every fucking segment. Yeah. And then we have Randy Savage versus Booker T. Which this was an awesome match. And Elizabeth getting involved again. Liz is turning into a little cheater. Yeah. Well, do you know what I mean? But no, this was pretty good. Because Booker was starting to come in on his, uh, come into his own as a singles guy. Absolutely. Hey. Hey. Get your feet away from my face. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now we have Austin. We're back on Raw. And this is the infamous angle where Austin shows up on the bridge. What bridge is it? Oh, whatever bridge there is in New Hampshire. <laughs> and he throws the belt off the bridge, making an iconic moment. Go swim out there and find the damn thing. If he's lucky, you'll find it. If you don't, maybe he'll drown. I don't really give a damn what he does. One of the best quotes of all time. But this. this is just, it like, it really kills me to do this, but I don't give a damn about you or the WWF. And it's just, like, there's so many iconic moments. That Rock's face, Rock's facial expressions told the whole story. Fucking, when he's talking about his beeper and shit, Rock's checking his fanny pack for his beeper. Like, it's just, this whole thing really worked. And it, to me... This is the re- like I was like neck and neck. I really I, I did like this nitro and I thought, but this is the thing that it's like okay, this I is a too. little better than the nitro. And th- 
it's this reason why, because this is like, this is still a moment we still see today. Yeah. All right. So when JR, because Jim Ross was pretty much saying, you know, Steve Austin apparently is on a bridge somewhere and we're trying to get video there. And it's just like, like you hear that when you, when you first see it, it's just like, why is he on a bridge? Yeah. And then it's just like, okay, he throws the belt. And then uh, when JR goes, the Intercontinental title is sleeping with the fishes tonight. And uh, Cornette goes, yeah. And Rocky's got a good swim in front of him if he ever wants to get it back. You knew, though, that they were going to make a new title. Yeah. I, I mean, unless they had fucking, you know, Bruce Pritchard fucking waiting there in a scuba suit to get the damn well, thing. Well, if not, they could get some serious littering charges because he threw a whole fucking oxygen tank in there. Yeah. He threw a defibrillator. Yeah. He threw a bunch of shit. But that water didn't look very deep, to be honest. No, it, it was more, it wasn't even, it was probably just a creek. I love it. I like the callback to this, though, when Rock throws him off the bridge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When, uh, isn't it like a year later, though? 99, April of 99. Yeah. I love that moment, too. Wasn't Rock, like, fishing off the bridge or something like that, and Austin joined them, and then... Yeah, like, they, they showed up to fight at the bridge, but Rock ended up throwing them over. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Rock actually hit him with the fishing pole. Yeah. It's just, this is a moment, and it's, you know, the Rock's freaking out, and Austin, Austin's badass top-tier Steve Austin here. Just every word he said was like a quote that you could quote. It was just yeah. so entertaining. All right. On Nitro, we got Hour 3 starting up, and we have Chris Benoit and Scotty Riggs after the Nitro Girls again. Uh, this match didn't last very long, but the the crossface was very nicely utilized. Very nicely utilized. It was supposed to be Raven. Raven, of course, still dealing with the spleen injury. Benoit wins, cuts a promo. Goes to attack the flock afterwards, which is a bad idea when you're going into a fight six on one, and you're the one. So they beat the shit out of him. You know, it was what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And Van Hammer still looks like a freak. He always does. Yeah, I didn't. Okay. Gene Okerlund. So after this, because this, yeah, fuck this. Gene Okerlund and JJ come out to the ring again. Bischoff is out. And they basically get into it with each other about who's going to be the referee for the Starcade match, correct? Yeah. And JJ ends up telling Bischoff that it can be one of his guys. Yeah. But he's got to pick. And that's the whole thing. And Shivani's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Shivani's- oh, Shivani was throwing a fucking hissy fit. Yeah. Shivani was pissed. Uh, no, Bret Hart comes out. This yeah. is the big introduction of Bret Hart. Bret Hart comes out, which I personally did like this. I know you did. No, we'll give the quote that he said. Yeah. Or do you want me to give it now? Yeah. All right. So he comes out. He goes, I would be honored to be a referee in this match. And you can almost tell, though, that he really didn't want to say that. But then when Bischoff was so happy about him being an ounce of referee, he goes, he looks at Gene, he goes, pretty happy, isn't he? And then he looks and he goes, do what you can 
win if you can, but don't look to me for any help because you're on your own, Jack. <laughs> because he goes, and then he goes, because nobody knows what it's like more than me to be screwed over by a referee. Yeah. That was awesome. But I also thought it was funny when Bischoff's like, you're getting almost eight fucking million dollars. You're giving me the win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was okay. I do, and I know you like this, and I thought it was okay myself, but it is a little underwhelming considering how hot everything around Bret Hart was. Yeah. Like, WWE kind of just went up and up and up, and it seems like Bret kind of went down and down and down. And I hate to see that, and he did do a couple good things in WCW, but... This this was a lackluster introduction to me. He could have came in way cooler ways. Right. I no. I I see that. I mean, for what they did with him. Yeah. I thought that this was cool. Should they have done? A, to be honest with you, I still think I think he should have come in as a surprise entrant in World War Three and won the fucking thing. And then his and then he gets the title shot right away at Super Brawl. Yeah. Do that. I agree. All right, back over to Raw. Literally right after the Austin moment, we get another iconic moment, and that's Vince McMahon's famous, we're going edgy. Cure for the common show. He talks about the entertainment. Uh, this is the WWF, though, right? Yeah. At the time, World Wrestling Fair. He's like, we're going beyond the, the basic confines of just good guy versus bad guy. Like, everyone's seen this, but he's – He's telling them that, you know, put the kids to bed pretty much. The Attitude Era is upon us. And it's cool hearing it from his mouth. But he also says you can also turn it in uh, Thursday Superstars if you want, just the kids. The the weekend Superstars and Livewire, which technically were not even uh, wrestling shows. They were recap shows. So they were recapping everything that was being done, like, on Raw. Occasionally, they would throw in Shotgun Saturday night. Yeah. Like, especially on the Sunday Superstar show, like, if it was something that needed to be recapped from there. Yeah. But, uh, no, I thought I thought it was a great little uh, video. I mean, and it, it goes down in history. Because yeah. then the Attitude Era happens, and it's the best thing ever. So, did you guys have any thoughts on it, Eric? I thought it was um, it was just okay. it was fine. It was fine. It was the it was dawn good. of a new generation. Well, I guess we got rid of the next generation going into the attitude era moment. That's exactly what it was supposed to set up for. Yeah, you know, that's new fine. Ge- you know, I think you guys are, are starting to realize why we don't throw it to you. <laughs> no, no, that's not. <laughs> Uh, but it's just just fine. Yeah, I mean, Vince. I mean, we did just shit on Vince, but it this is cool. like good Vince. I did, this is like a huge moment to me, at least. I don't know. Uh, It'd be like somebody coming on and saying that Mandy Rose's nude pics were just mediocre at best. You keep going back to this. <laughs> Let me tell you the video that got leaked. Is that what you want? Oh, glad he sent you the video. <laughs> Guarantee if you check his bank account after this, you're going to see a $40 charge. 
So she puts it back on the 25 for you. I'll uh, talk to her about it. <laughs> be in touch. All right. Next up, we have Jose Estrada Jr., uh, grandfather of Armando Estrada. Really? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> part of the Lo- the Los Pari- I remember I, I, last night I was like, oh, my God, this is two big moments. This Raw is fucking amazing. This is spectacular. This kills it overnight. These are two huge mo- – and then the Bariquas come out, and you're like, are you sure? And it's fucking Savio Vega rapping in Puerto Rican. Oh, God. And I just – the gang warfare this, shit got It's me my ears bleed. Yes. By the time we got – here at this point in time, the gang warfare shit had flown over the coop. It yeah. was fun at first, but it's over now and it's stupid. Yeah, because it, it, also too, like one of the main, uh, you know, starters of the gang warfare thing, Crush, he was done. Yeah, he's like, fuck it, I'm out of here. Yeah, he left. So we have Steve Blackman and Strata Jr. And this is just so Steve Blackman can look fucking cool, and he kind of does. Does a nice bicycle kick. Yeah, the music's cool. Badass. I thought it was cool. No, I did too. What did you think of Steve Blackman, Clinton? I love Steve Blackman. I said, Mr. Ken Shamrock, uh, uh, those are two, like, martial artists um, out of, like, nine wrestlers that adapted to the not wrestling um, mentality. Exactly. I I've always uh with the fan of Steve Blackman. I thought it was different. He was cool. I thought he should have got like an IC title run. He probably should like if he I I think like the issue with him was you know, it was almost the same thing with Shamrock, is that like they really didn't see any charisma with him. But not both, but they're both different kind of entertaining. Yeah. Camera with a UFC fighter, so. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, I think Black. I mean, I do think Blackman should have had like some kind of title run. I mean, obviously you got the hardcore belt. But... It's just hard because he was still learning, and he was still so green. Yeah. Well, and also too, he tried to do this in 1989. Yeah, but then he stopped, went and did karate, and came back ten years later. Yeah, well, so you're still green. Yeah, he stopped because he ended up with a case of malaria, which is caused by mosquito bites and shit. Yeah. Almost killed him. Well, yeah. So he uh, so he stopped, and then he went into martial arts. But yes, when he came back, his technically his first fucking match was that Survivor Series. Yeah. That he just got thrown into because they were informed. Oh yeah, the Patriot tore his bicep. He can't do the match. Yeah. So. Damn. He always looks a little green in the ring a bit, but he also looked badass, and the move set was cool, and yeah, the nunchucks and shit. I think the only thing with him is he was surrounded by so much good shit. Yeah. Like, you don't have time for a Blackman yeah. title run with Austin Rock, Triple H, Mankind, all the shit that's going on. Undertaker Kane. I love Blackman. You could have had time for a Shamrock title run because he was so hot at yeah. some points. But Blackman was never going to get past the mid-card with that talent pool. I love Steve Blackman, but there, there's so many good guys there. 
It's hard, like, fucking everybody around this time, like, Too Cool started being a fucking money players, you know? Like, people love Too Cool once they start doing their thing. Obviously, we're not quite there yet, but, like, everybody. It's, uh, like, the Outlaws, just D-Lo. Like, everybody was a star in the Attitude Era. So, let's go back to Nitro. Okerlund's out again. Poor Okerlund. He never gets a fucking break. And he's talking to Luger. Then Bagwell comes out and says he's the real total package. So they have a match. And, uh... Scott Norton shows up again. And <sighs> Luger... Who gets the... Who, who gets the DQ? Bagwell, Bagwell wins via DQ. Okay. This sucked. Yeah. And which is... Because you could get some mileage out of this feud if you want. Well, they did. Yeah. They kept going with it, even though it sucked. Arcade match out of it, which Bagwell won, but then Luger got his win back the next night on Nitro. I didn't mind that start kid match. All right, let's go to the main event of Raw. Charles Michaels and Hunter Hearst Helmsley. We already talked about the rock, paper, scissors shit. It kind of pisses me off. So, Charles Michaels and Hunter Hearst Helmsley with China versus the Legion of Doom. China! China! Uh... Another DQ finish because China comes in and fucking hits Animal in the gonads. Uh, this is the big moment where the outlaws come out and they shave Hawk's mohawk and then they all power bomb Animal through a table. Right. And what I did notice is after they shaved Hawk's mohawk, they were all sitting there for a few minutes and Sean was trying to talk to the outlaws for like a few minutes to get Animal for the table. And they weren't paying attention. I wonder if that ever got any heat with him. Like, uh, did they ever ever have any heat with him? Yeah, I wonder if that, because he was a little baby. I wonder if he ever got upset. Because it seemed like he was trying to talk to them for a few minutes to go well, do yeah, that. Yeah, because he was just like, guys, come on, we got to do this or whatever. Yeah, they're joking. And, la- and then he, like, he kept like, like leaning over there, it seemed like. And then he finally was like, all right, let's fucking go. Well, yeah, because also, too, the show was getting ready to end. Yeah, and it was just them kind of like, whoo-hee, pointing and laughing. It was a nice heel ending. It got a lot of heat, and I thought it was good for what it was trying to do because all four guys looked like pieces of shit, and they were supposed to. Sean and Hunter were bad guys. The New Age Outlaws were bad guys, and they were four of the hottest guys in the company because of it. So I don't mind it, but it does feel a little distasteful, especially everything Hawk's going through with drugs. Yeah. And also – yeah. Shitting on legends is also like it, it's instant heat, but it does feel kind of tasteless sometimes. I thought it was, oh, look, I thought it was a bit much. too much. It so was a bit too, too far. I I always think the heels got to do what the heels got to do to get heat. So I do like it in that perspective. Yeah. But as a young kid who loved the Legion of Doom, it is kind of sad. No, I can because this is like their last run too. So it's very sad to think about that it was so abysmal. <laughs> And it's really yeah, just... I, th- I, I thought it was a little bit, a bit too much, especially for, like, the act. I thought they weren't, like, the NWO. They were more fun GX. Fun group. Yeah. And Sean loved them. Uh, so that's the end of Raw. Yeah. All right. Now we got the U.S. heavyweight champion, Kurt Henning, versus Rick Flair. Woo! And they get into a match for about two seconds until the NWO comes out, beats the shit out of Ric Flair, 
DDP comes out, but then more, and he beats the shit out of the NWO, but then more NWO comes out, and DDP says, fuck that, I can't do this, and he leaves. Well, yeah, all right, so yep. DDP comes out, starts beating up the NWO, and then the Steiners come out, and Rick Steiner's going right for Scott Norton. Hits Norton a couple times, then Norton just leaves the ring. Yeah. And like, you have fucking Kurt Henning and Macho Man and Bagwell and Scott Norton get knocked, or, or, and Scott Hall, I mean, getting knocked over the top rope, and you have this big 375-pound motherfucker saying, oh, pish tosh, I'm going out through the ropes. <laughs> yeah, God, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh. Really like oh, my God, I hate him with a passion. Uh, Man, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize how much you hated him. Like, I would actually have to like him. Like, I would probably say that uh, my hatred for him is stronger than hate. Wow. Like, if I actually walked up, if I actually walked up to him, like in the middle of the street, like if I saw him in the middle of the street, I'd, I'd pee on him. <laughs> wow. He would piss on that, uh, yeah. He would more than likely rip my dick off with his bare hand, but I'd pee on him. Wow. Uh, That's a uh, savage. This ending was kind of, because it was also, it feels like WCW started and ended the same around this time. Yeah. It was always the NWO talking shit, and then at the end, it's the NWO talking shit again, but Sting comes out, and everyone's like, ah, oh, he's bad, oh, God, Sting! Yeah. And Sting just looks at him. And then everything, oh! And that, that's kind of what this was. And then they fucking, Sting hangs off the thing for a few seconds, comes down, and it's like, really, it's like, bro, you're not even just stealing from the, what did you eat? It's not even you're just stealing from the pro at this point. At this point, like, you, you're taking scenes from the movie. Uh, and then he walks to the ring, and it cuts. Yeah. So I thought both endings were a little lackluster, but I thought both shows were really good. No, they were. By the way, yeah. the Maple Barbecue Beef. I, I um, so. so let's give our final thoughts, our ratings, and say which show we like better. So Clint can watch SmackDown, because I know he enjoys it. Yeah. Uh, and we'll actually start with Clint. Clint, uh, rate both shows, please, and uh, which one did you like better? Last show, I want to Seven. Raw, I want to give eight. I like Raw better with the Austin storyline and with the ending of the DS and LOD and stuff like that. Absolutely. All right, Doug? All right. Raw, I'm going to give an eight and a half. Nitro, I'm going to give an eight. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I was a bigger fan of Nitro than I was Raw. But Raw, to me, did more to elevate a lot of the guys. Yeah. At least this week. This week, anyway. And, you know, when we we get to the year 2023, which is only a couple weeks away, and we start doing more of the stuff from 98, you're going to see a lot more of that, you know, be elevated. Yeah. Okay. Even though in '98 both shows were like on top of their game. Yeah, that's uh, the best year in wrestling, probably. Yes. Wait, are you, uh, are you the best year of wrestling, though. Really? 
I think was more. Well, 98 was, things were starting to be in motion for it to be the downfall, but you can't, that Goldberg title run is not a downfall for me. And all the stuff that was going on, and I liked the Wolf Pack versus the Black and White. I thought 98 WCW, that was actually my favorite year of WCW. And then obviously 99, I thought they kind of shit the bed a bit. But I thought 98 WCW was some of the best wrestling, and 98 Raw was fucking amazing. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it definitely could be a contender for one of the best years in wrestling. At least an underrated one. I agree. Yeah. That's when I started watching more. Because, like, 96 was amazing for Nitro, but shit for WWE. Right. 97, WWE still getting their balance a little bit, and, and, but Nitro is still white hot. 99, Raw is full gear, awesome, but Nitro is yep. falling down. And then 2000, Raw is great still, but a little lacking. And not really a little. It's still great. But Nitro is barely watchable. Right. So I think as far as wrestling as a whole, 98, definitely, for both companies. No, I agree. All right, so Nitro – so Raw, you know, is building and building and building. All, all these guys, right? From Taka to, you know, Merrill, Blackman, you know, Dude, the Outlaws, DX, Owen, Rock, Austin, yeah. Undertaker, Kane, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Who is WCW building? Scott Norton and Scott Norton. Because this asshole is in five fucking segments. Yeah. All right. And he's not even that good. Yeah. The best part, to be honest with you, Ice Train was the bigger star in their tag team. All right. And he was shit. Uh, I mean, they seem to be building Goldberg a little bit. Well, they're building Goldberg. Uh, you know, they're building all the, I mean, there was talent in that locker room. Unfortunately, they had to take a backseat to NWO guys who had no fucking business being, they could have, they should have been on WCW Pro and Worldwide and that's it. Yeah. Keep them off the main fucking programs. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, Raw did a better job building stars in this in this particular episode. Because even like you, even as much as I enjoyed the Bret Hart thing, like it, there was, it was done in a lackluster way. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right, Eric, are you going to give him a rating? Um, uh, I said raw eight point five, raw eight and a half, nitro nitro eight. Okay. Go ahead, Eric. I'm gonna be a little different because I personally like nitro better, so I'm gonna get that in nine. Because I would, I think I was more invested in the storyline with Sting, and even even twenty years, twenty plus years later, it's still intrigued, it's still in, intriguing to me. And then the whole Rick Flair stuff and all that. Besides the Scott Norton stuff, I know. But to me, I, I like it better. I give it a nine, and I give uh, Raw uh, an eight. I was, I was going to say, you try to put over Scott Norton. 
Yeah, I, I was just more invested in the storylines of um, Nitro more. This is a Dale more. It's understandable. All right. Uh, yeah, I thought I and I enjoyed the Sting stuff too. I enjoyed it more on the like I thought Nitro was leaps and bounds better than WWE the last. Uh, episode we did a couple weeks ago. Right, that was November 10th. Sure. So I thought that was better, and I thought Nitro was a lot better, and I thought it wasn't even close. But here, I thought WWE, like you can tell it was the start of the Attitude Era, they really stepped their fucking game up, it seemed like. So, I'm going to give it to Raw, I'm going to give them the 9, and I'm going to give Nitro the 8, and I'm going to give the week to Raw. Because I think overall, cohesiveness and story storytelling, promos, matches, I thought Raw just had the better program. I thought Nitro was good, but it, it wasn't up to snuff of Raw. All right, Doug, do the plug. I'm glad, we, I'm glad that we didn't, it wasn't a clean sweep this time. Me too. I'm glad we had some different opinions. Yeah, which is a, which is a good thing. All right, plugs. Make sure you listen to Boxman and Smart, the wrestling outlet, Wednesdays on YouTube, 10, 15, 10, 20 Eastern time, right after AEW Dynamite. Then check them out again uh, when, or Sundays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time for the Hollywood Hangout, also on YouTube. Check us out, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time every Friday night for the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Uh, next week is a TNA pay-per-view, right? Yes. That Hard Justice 06? Yes. Sting and Jarrett. Sting and Jarrett. We're going to watch Ooh. it tonight, you and me. What? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Do we watch it tomorrow? Next Friday. What? <laughs> No, 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 we might watch a match or two, but keep going, Doug. All right. Uh, but that'll be – by the way, for anybody that needs to watch it, it's on YouTube. Yeah. So we're going to be uh, we're gonna be watching that. Uh, so we're going to be talking that next week. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, here on blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted. We'll be unscripted unlimited, and it will be the sitcom debate. ABC versus NBC versus CBS. Representing ABC will be Growing Pains, which will be debated by Eric. Representing CBS will be Designing Women, which will be be debated by who else better but me. You know how to design women. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Drawing with big boobs. And then representing... NBC will be Night Court, which will be represented by Karen. She will be making a return to the show. Daniel, Sharon, and Sean will be here as your judges. And it'll it'll be fun. And this will be the start of a string of debates, CBS versus NBC versus ABC in the sitcom, in sitcom genre. So make sure you listen to that. Sunday, should I just say 7 p.m. Eastern time? Yeah. 7 p.m. Eastern Time for the Stabcast, Daniel and Mindy. They're going to do the movie Split. Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted. For the web cave, Daniel and Bobby, they're going to talk to Snyder Cut, and I'm sure Bobby's going to bitch about how Henry Cavill is no longer Superman. <laughs> yes. Uh, 100%. Which he needs to just get the fuck over. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, next week... Uh, if they're able to, Eric and Cliff with the hard hits, reviewing week 15, previewing week 16, 
Check out our buddy Sean, Elite Diplodoc on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, and I think that pretty much does it. Let's get the fuck out of here. All right. It was All a right. great time, guys. We'll see everybody next All right. week. Later, guys. Fun. Thank you. Eric, we'll see you tomorrow for the sponge bath. Yep. See you at 11. All right, buddy. <laughs> okay. Later.